0: Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Brick Thompson, and today I have back with me Greg Brown, one of Blue Margin's consultants. How's it going, Greg?
1: Hey, Brick. I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. So I think we've got an interesting topic today. Why don't you you start us off?
1: Yeah. Thanks, Brick. So I wanted to talk today about how PE firms can find alpha or discover alpha uh, through data-driven approaches. so it to keep it short, we just have a couple of different ways that we've seen that play out that we wanted to share with everyone today.
0: Okay, great. And uh, maybe, maybe the best place to start is just to find Alpha for those of our listeners who may not be uh, private equity managers.
1: Absolutely. And I should say, we're, we're not experts on internal rates of return or anything like that in the private equity world. But in today's conversation, Alpha would represent uh, a return above the normal return that a PE firm for example, would expect in any of their companies or investments. And of course, that would kind of mean an above average internal rate of return or IRR. That's a complex topic and we're not going to focus on the details today. There, there's plenty of good resources out on that. But essentially it's saying, how can you use a data driven approach to realize alpha or an above-average internal rate of return for that investment.
0: Yeah. Okay. Almost uh, a secret sauce. Not business as usual, but uh, getting a better return by doing something a little different. Exactly. Okay. Great. So, I think you said there were two or three ways that uh, that we think we can do this through the use of data and becoming data-driven. What's the first one?
1: Yeah. So, the first one is that a data-driven approach enables companies To successfully plan and execute innovation in their world, in their industry? Yeah, I should start by saying that, you know, I think what comes to mind for me with this is that. Innovation is exciting. That's something that teams can rally around naturally versus other ways that you could look at maybe improving the margin at a company or cutting costs or or, or different methods or strategies that you can employ. Innovation is really exciting. So, what I focus on here is how can a data-driven approach make innovation even more exciting and more successful for companies? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you have an example? Yeah. So, you know, and and before I go to an example, a couple stats that are interesting to me around innovation, I read these recently. So, you know, new product innovations are, uh, you know, not as common as existing products and innovating on top of those. 75% of innovations are really based on existing products that companies already have in the market. Um, only 10% really of product innovation entails new products and, and for new products for new markets. And then, and this is kind of key to me in terms of connecting this to a data-driven approach, is that 40% of new product initiatives fail to make a profit. And that's kind of the double-edged sword of innovation. It's exciting, and it can be a pathway to create value and realize alpha and above average rate of return, but it can also end up wasting a lot of time and money. And so that's even a more that's even more of a reason to make sure that you have a data-driven approach and modern BI and reporting tied to innovation efforts that a company might pursue. And so one example that comes to mind for me uh, with this is that I spoke with a company a little while ago, and this is a large distribution company, and they had a number of products and, of course, a large customer base. But they had absolutely no visibility into their customer level and product level PLs. And so their executive team was really trying to innovate their go to market strategy and find a way to, to drive a greater return and greater profitability there. But they had absolutely no visibility into those customer level and product level PLs. So there you have a company that's saying, well, we want to innovate. We want to innovate that go to market strategy so that we're more successful, so that we expand our margins and that we can even develop new products or packages for customers. But we can't do that without the actual visibility through data into what those margins and and what those P&Ls and those successes and failures are in our current products and current customers. And so really, without that, they were unable to innovate and, and, and realize returns based on that.
0: So not having data made it so that it was difficult for them to know where to focus and where to dig in and how to approach it.
1: Exactly, and I I will say that it was great for them to realize that we don't want to fail in changing or innovating, excuse me, innovating our go-to-market strategy we want to make sure that that's successful so that we don't waste that time and and that effort in that innovation without first understanding where do we stand now? What are those benchmarks? And how do we track that progress as we start that innovation? So that was very smart of them, obviously, to say, we don't want to fail and sink those resources in innovation. We want to give ourselves the, the highest probability that we'll succeed as we go along this path of innovation.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, Most companies, well, I I would say every mid-market company has a lot of data. They've got business analysts. They're running spreadsheets. They've got reports coming out of an ERP system. Um, They may have some uh, actual BI coming out of a data warehouse or a data lake. Um, But I think what you're talking about in terms of finding alpha is – Truly taking it to the next level and becoming data driven so that it's not sort of, okay, we're we're getting some reports a few weeks after we close the period and looking at what we did and maybe adjusting, probably too late to do anything about what's happened over the last few weeks. But um rather having data be part of your daily daily what you're doing. You know, it's that uh, that old Drucker quote, what What gets measured gets managed. Um, That just seems so applicable here. And so, in order to innovate and find alpha, um, get a greater than uh, average return, uh, you've got to be data-driven, probably, I think. Uh, Obviously, I'm I'm biased that way, because that's what we do. But um, you've got to have that to really sort of know where to attack and know how it's going and know where to pivot and adjust.
1: Yeah, you need a system in place to have that real-time monitoring, especially when you're innovating. Because, of course, Everyone has plans. It's the famous Mike Tyson quote. I won't even go into it, but you have a plan until you actually start implementing that plan is another way to look at or it. Yes, or get punched in the face. Yes, or get punched in the face. And so you have to monitor that. You have to say, okay, we're launching this initiative. We're innovating something. We're, we're launching it. We're taking it to the market. It's not going to be good enough to just run some reports every week and see how it's doing. We really need a pulse on that. And that means you need that data architecture and that reporting structure in place to deliver those insights in real time, because that's how quickly you might have to adjust lest you actually waste money or time on that innovation.
0: Makes sense. So being data-driven helps you to be able to engage and innovate better and more successfully.
1: Exactly. And, and in so much as you'll be more successful that way, that produces alpha for a PE firm, an above-average return on that company when they go to exit.
0: Okay. What's the second way?
1: So The second one I have on my list is that it can help expand margins, being data-driven, improving the profitability of a company's value creation and value delivery processes. And- I think a lot of people listening, I think they will probably recognize the concept of activity-based costing, or in short, really just measuring the cost of activities in the value chain at a very granular level. This has evolved a little bit, and some prefer lean accounting, if, if folks are familiar with that term instead. But really, looking at activity-based costing and looking at that and expanding margins, it's really an exercise that's tailor-made for data and reporting. And again, that real-time, every, uh, everyday insight into the data and what it's showing you. But if you think about the complexity of most middle market companies and all the activities that you have to account for in delivering a product or service. Mapping all that out is its own exercise, but then measuring those activities and comparing them against the benchmarks and and what you want to achieve in those activities is kind of its own exercise as well. And that's where the proper data strategy and reporting really comes into play.
0: Yeah, so I've got an example here. There was a client uh, a client we've worked with for a number of years, actually. But there was a particular initiative that we uh, embarked on a couple years ago after we had a good data warehouse in place, and that was to increase the utilization of their techs. They had a bunch of field techs, um, several hundred of them. And uh, it turned out that for every percent uh, utilization, um, they could increase – or every percent, they could increase utilization. It added about a million dollars to the bottom line for the company. And so uh, very quickly after we got reporting in place so that managers could understand, um, first of all, what utilization was by tech and and by market and to rank rank sort them and then be able to look at, all right, how can we – learn from the ones that are getting the best utilization and apply that to the ones that are uh, getting the worst utilization, they were able to very quickly increase utilization by about 4%. Um, So that's a significant uh, drop to the bottom line. And, you know, in terms of uh, creating alpha or finding alpha, I mean, even if your uh, multiple doesn't change on your sale, you've got a much bigger EBITDA for that multiple to act against
1: absolutely. I think that's a great example of it. And of course, you know, expansion of margins could look different in every different industry or vertical. But the key point is that you have to understand where are those opportunities in that value creation and delivery chain to drive margin expansion. And then again, you have to have that system to measure it as you launch that initiative or you work in that area to know if you're really being successful. One conversation that comes to mind recently was just a conference that I attended and it was held, um, a panel was hosted by PE, um, private equity operating partners and uh, one of them was giving a great example of a company that he worked with and and they of course they were very excited that they had improved top line revenue but when they went in to, to look at the results they saw that yes okay top line revenue improved but this new revenue was not very very profitable compared to what our benchmark was and so here you had a, a company saying well you know we're really proud of this but in terms of looking at the bottom line saying okay well actually maybe our efforts would have been better uh, placed elsewhere because we did increase that top-line revenue, but the margin actually shrank. Yeah, right. And and, and <laughs> it's painful to hear those stories, to, to have all that time and energy put into um, that initiative, but then to realize well, it didn't really produce what we wanted to for the margins.
0: actually went backwards. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: again, you know, you can only imagine having real-time reporting, the right kind of BI and data architecture, that just would not be allowed to happen because every single day, folks would be saying, hey, this margin is not moving the way we want it to. We have to examine and course correct. So again, you know, margin expansion generally, um, not always related to data, but when you're pursuing that strategy, having the right data-driven strategy is going to help you measure it and make sure you're hitting your targets and that you're not sinking time into efforts that are going to end up being margin neutral or or actually lose track on margins, yeah, lose progress.
0: Exactly. Okay. What's uh, What's the third way that data can help you to find alpha.
1: Yeah. The third one's really interesting. And uh, this is a critical one, in my opinion. So a data-driven approach can really improve the valuation multiple upon exit. Data-driven companies can more easily show investors the future revenue growth narrative, and they also have a built-in value because a data-driven company is easier to run and easier for anyone to look at the status of the company and how everything's working in value creation and value delivery to be able to strategize and make improvements in the future. So it's an incredibly, bu- incredibly valuable built-in asset that you can add to a company that almost by definition improves the valuation of that company, hence producing alpha for the PE firm.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes people don't think of their BI platform, their data warehouse and so on um, as truly an asset, but it is. Um, uh, and one of, I think one of the things, you sort of alluded to this, but when you're going to sell a company, um, having the ability to really back up what you're saying and make it really easy for buyers uh, in their due diligence to confirm um, what you're saying about the company by having great BI, makes a huge difference and definitely can ease that negotiation over the multiple.
1: Exactly. And you know, those in the private equity world will be very familiar with sims or confidential information memorandums which contain a lot of information about how the company's doing, what that value creation plan or that future revenue growth narrative can be. But, you know, that pales in comparison to be able to show investors, here is how all of the parts of our business run and here's how all of it's measured and here's exactly how we're doing and you can explore the data and filter that and drill down into it. Uh, I don't think anything builds more confidence in investors And, and it's not just about showing them here's where the company's at now. It's also about saying this is uh, something that allows anyone whoever is going to take control of this company to run it to have it to make it easier to run that company and easier to find ideas on how we can innovate or how we can expand margins because again all the data is already laid out and it's being fed to you in real time so that's an incredible asset it's a dated analogy to say this but in the, in the world of iPhones and, and and smart devices that we have but you know if you're buying a car without a built-in GPS I mean you can still use the car it's still very valuable a car with a built-in GPS is. You know, inspires confidence because you say, okay, wherever I want to go with this car, it's got the metrics. It's going to feed me the data that I need to know where I'm going and how I get there. And that's already built into what I'm purchasing, not something that I'll have to add later. So I think that that's that can be an overlooked one. I feel like a lot of folks might assume, well, you know, this company has reporting. Um, and to your point earlier, you know, reporting off ERPs and and other kind of general reports, not what we're talking about. When, when you actually build in a data driven approach to a company, that is unique, especially with those companies that are in those more traditional industries like manufacturing, distribution, commercial services. You don't see that as often as you might assume. And so I think that that's a really overlooked one. Again, can produce alpha for a PE firm because you can make that argument and you can show folks... You know, what's going on with that company and how you can run that company and drive returns in the future. So I think that's a really big one that sticks out to yeah. Me too.
0: Yeah, that's great. Did you have a specific example in mind there? Or was...
1: Well, I did. And you know, it's a company that we partnered with and really built dashboards to to show all those parts of their value creation and value delivery processes. And you know, upon exit, it was incredibly easy to show investors exactly how the company run, ran and exactly where the opportunities were and what they could do in the future. That inspired a ton of confidence and it made the negotiations a little bit more straightforward. It answered questions sooner and by doing that, I think inspired that confidence that this is a company that's easier to run. It's more valuable. We're more interested in purchasing this company. And so that's a real world example, of course, not using the company's name, but uh, of a company where we saw that play out um, ourselves. So. Okay. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well,
0: uh, we're getting near the end of our time here, so I think we'll wrap up. Any last at last words you want to add?
1: No, just that you know it can look different for every company, and of course it depends on where the company's at in terms of what reporting they have, but. Overall, uh, being building in a data-driven approach is going to help now in terms of managing and running the company. But crucially, and this is where it gets back to alpha for PE firms, it's going to build in value to that company that that you can't realize in another way. And and so whether it's through margin expansion or innovation or just having that feature that this is a data-driven company... That approach can really help return alpha to the PE firm, Um, and and it can make that transition and that exit a little bit easier as well.
0: Great. All right. Well, Greg, thank you so much. Uh, It's great sitting down with you. Um, I always enjoy it, and I always learn something. So I hope to see you again soon.
1: Yeah, same here, Brick. Thank you. All right.